mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and thank you for joining us for another deep dive, factoid-filled episode exploring Hollywood's most famous monsters. I am your master of ceremony, Sam, and with me, as always, is Dan from Bleed and Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Ah. Hi, Dan. Um, for anyone watching on YouTube, Dan may actually go in and out because her internet is going quite crazy at the minute. Yes. But we can still hear her, so you still hear her lovely voice. Just get that I, little. I apologise if you think I'm doing the robot at any point. I promise you, I don't have that much energy. It's not actually happening. <laughs> no. But they just put that out there, so I'm not going to keep going over it and over it in the episode. Um, but today is a special one, because today is not a monster per se. It is a man who has played a few monsters. Just a few. Just, just a tiny bit just a tiny bit and today we are going to go over some of his more celebrated characters and a bit about himself too as we do the man behind the monster gary oldman dun, gary oldman dun, dun, dun. yes i yeah. feel that needs a dun 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 dun, dun, dun. so i will get the disclaimer out the way with and then we will start with this episode because guess what kids i've done my homework this week <laughs> she is back to the note reading <laughs> that's what we like to hear oh thank god for my new laptop anyways everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone if you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode please come and join us on the facebook page the discord or the comment section and we can have an open discussion because what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong because we can all agree to disagree in fandom so let's keep it fun keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism and don't be a dick as dan says every week and summarizes so... my disclaimer <laughs> brilliantly don't be a dick i'm so eloquent aren't i you you very much are yes so, one tries one tries, one, one tries. <laughs> so gary oldman or gary leonard oldman born in 1958 in london is one of the most versatile and intense actors that Hollywood has ever seen. I stand by that statement. However, we have crossed oceans and time to bring you the man behind the monster, Gary Oldman. I see what you did there. I know what you did there. <laughs> I know what you did there. Everyone thinks I don't like Dracula, and I don't, but I still got that one in. Um, yeah, Gary Oldman. What a absolute thrill it has been to learn more about this man and his characters i've stuck to some of the ones that are quite popular but aren't what i would say were his big roles like um obviously serious black in harry potter we shan't be i shan't be touching on him Haven't. um for the reason that he does that so well and she's a turf and she can go fuck herself so yeah. i don't really want to give no and no and i didn't I, for the same uh, reason i didn't want to incorporate serious black um 
because this sort in in his interesting fact number one his 105 <laughs> movies that is just a pin drop in the yeah. brilliance that is his character so i thought do you know what no staying away from that also this is a monster episode and i don't want to touch harry potter within monsters i also haven't touched batman because no i have not commissioner no. gordon so i, I haven't for this yeah i did not i was kind of looking at the characters that i know i love and that did make him monstrous yes in saying that I have not watched Leon. I watched it last night. I know you did. <laughs> and I am glad I did. I knew I'd seen it a long, long time ago. But um, I felt like every one of the articles I went on was like Stansfield's the worst character ever. You know, mm -hmm. he's hit top 10 movie villains of all time. And, you know, Gary Oldman's portrayal of this guy is just perfect in the land mm -hmm. of villains. And I was like, didn't remember him and that's an awful thing to say wow but i just didn't remember it and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking i know natalie portman's in it i know john reno's in it and i was like and i know he's a hitman and i remember bits and pieces but i didn't remember much more than that but mm -hmm. i mean bear in mind that film came out in ba, 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 94 so i was 14 when it came out so yeah, could be indicted I was a year older than Natalie Portman was when she filmed it. She's a year younger than me. So she was 13 when it came out. I was 14 when it came out. So, uh -huh. yeah. Um, not that I know her. I'll make it like I went to school with her. That sounded like I knew I know, her. No, like me and Natalie. Yeah. Went to primary school together. Yeah, we played netball, <laughs> you know. Netball. <laughs> Do you know, for a tall person, never got chores for the team. I was goal shooter. I mean, who was a midget in the bloody goal shooter? <laughs> How? Great idea. <laughs> me five foot nine does not get picked for the team like i've always been a tall person and you're a tiny little tater tot and you did not yes. get picked i got goal goal shooter was where i stayed for oh, my you entire got picked. career said... yeah and and i don't know why because anyone that was goal attack towered over me you know and where is I'd... the justice where is the justice there is it's Oh my god um does i do have a few interesting facts about him just before we kind of yeah. get into his characters he was once famously told by the royal academy of dramatic arts to find a new career yes because this one is not for you thank christ he didn't listen and he went to an acting coach yeah. and continued but what the fuck they should have a steel plate on their door that said we turned away gary oldman don't listen to us <laughs> honestly rather have done that on more than one occasion they make i was the drama kid though i come from Me a too. world of drama and being a kid that grew up in london and some of that my classmates got like scholarships to uh sylvia young stage coach mm. they were in all the big theater yeah. they got scholarships to go to these theater schools so next stop after that was naturally either bag yourself apart on eastenders or hollyoaks and then you went straight in or you went straight into rada or one of those to do this the stage shows um so it was always a big thing but they were always turning away people and now you find out like 20 30 years later the most successful actors yeah didn't do shit with Rada. <laughs> so yeah 
Um, see, ours was the opposite. I did. I went to drama school. I went to drama school with Charlie Hooman. <laughs> I was gonna say Charlie Hooman, yeah. But I did not ever meet him. I just know he was part of the school I went to. Um, ours was not EastEnders or Hollyoaks. You know, your glamorous lot. We got fucking Biker Grove. Mm. That's where you started. Was Biker Grove because every single drama school had a connection to it because they would have cast extras. I've been an extra many a times, but I was never seen because I was. It was literally there was so many people there. Yeah, there was so many people. It was like, and I'm quite. I am, for all I may not come across, I am quite shy, um, and I get. I actually get stage fright quite a bit, um, so I didn't. I didn't kind of push myself to the forefront, yeah. but he did. He got noticed. He went to Baker Grove, and then the next thing I know, he's on Queer as Folk, and I'm like, that's him. That's the guy that because Charlie was good. Yeah. Like he was really good and he was talked about, but he was just a you know person over there. <laughs> no, no, but that was one of my interesting facts about myself at, with um at work the other day. I had to write down two two facts and a lie. And my two facts were I went to drama school with Charlie Human and I have worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company and Scott Chopra, which I have. And my third, my lie was I went to the I Am Legend premiere. <laughs> However, it's kind of like, yes, I did not go, but I did bump in shoulders with Will Smith when he walked, when he was walking a corner to go to the red carpet. I walked somewhere I shouldn't have, shouldered him, and he walked off and, yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> and that's how the restraining order began. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, another interesting fact, he has played, and I didn't know this until I obviously knew one part of it, but not the second. He played Lee Harvey Oswald twice. I didn't know twice. I knew yeah. once, obviously, for the JFK, JFK movie, but... And who was Lee Harvey Oswald? So he's played. He does have a look at Lee Harvey Oswald mind, like in his younger days. Yeah, when they put him, like they parted his With hair, the, hair. The, the accent he got down to a T and everything as well. He like, works with the most. He he is so particular on voices that he will get a coach from that country. Yeah, that and it's going to skip into me Dracula facts, but that is one of them that he had. He hired someone of Eastern European because he wanted to get that voice so perfect that he eventually was able to drop an octave in his natural voice to be able to achieve that. Well, I know impressive. he's so so impressive. Um, he actually went uncredited, yeah, for Hannibal yes. because he was denied star billing. Yes. Um. Now, there's he says different story, but that is the main the main story that was put out. But he said it was because he was a man without a face. And a name for the beginning, so he felt it was better to be anonymous. But yeah, it's just him bullshitting his way out of the fact that he had a big old hoo ha with the the management, and they said no, 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 no. But really, looking at it, he had a lot of screen time. He did because so... I watched it all last night because I couldn't watch the film because couldn't find a link. But <laughs> well, so this... I went on. YouTube and watch. I just watched his bits. I mean, I've seen Hannibal a fucking yeah. thousand times. I've read the book. 
We'll get into it. Yeah. Very different character. But yeah. we'll get into it. Um turn down Edward Scissorhands. Could you imagine? No. No. Could you imagine Gary Oldman is Edward Scissorhands? I need to stop myself from saying how me and Anth me and Anth call him Edward Cisco hands. Um <laughs> so I need to, Yeah, we got um yeah, you got you turned it down. Said no. And was very pleased with his decision because he said Johnny Depp absolutely killed it. Looking at how Tim wanted it to he would never have fit into that world yeah. in that as that character. I watched um his interview he did with the British Film Institution. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say it was either last year or this year the interview was. And he was saying how he he doesn't think he's a method actor, so to speak, but everybody that praises him says how method he is. But he refuses. He says, I'm not. I do not method act. And everybody's like, yeah, well, you hear him. He's always got the accent or he's working on it or he'll ignore you on set if you're supposed mm -hmm. to be you know he, he's very they class him all as method um but yeah he was saying about how he <laughs> when he's doing a movie he always turns it down that's the standard he turns it down straight away mm -hmm. um and it's not until he sits back and has time to reflect and think about it um Unless obviously we'll go into a few ones where he the where he did not where do he didn't. that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he said as a rule, I just turn them down now. If they persist and it stays with me, and it's got the right director, it's got the right cast, I'll go. Okay, send me the script. And then what he has to do is they someone from the pigeon carrying place sits out the mm -hmm. front while he reads the script, and then he has to give the script back. Mm -hmm. So he only gets an hour to read it, maybe. And yeah. uh, that's when he makes his decision whether he wants it or not. Um, but he says it takes him a long time to be coerced into taking a part because he can always think of 10 actors that can play that part he's better. Not, yeah, he's not. When it comes down to, when it comes down to, he has an amazing work ethic. That's how I put it. It's just work ethic. Yeah. But also he is wanting, he wants that project to do well. He's not a greedy person. Um, and he wants it to do well, so he is fine to turn around and say, I am not good for that part. Yes. He is totally comfortable saying that, and I think that just, to me, is just a sound guy. Like He's just a very honest person. My next fact is probably the one that blew my fucking mind as a Star Wars fan. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I never knew this, but Gary Oldman submitted a recorded voice audition for General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith. Yep. And George Lucas said, I'm going to go with the anonymous audition of Matthew Wood. And I am pleased because Matthew Wood is a really good General Grievous. Like, I, am, I am happy with how that turned out. But I had no fucking idea. He just did that off his own back. Yeah, because he wanted to. He wasn't asked. He's just like, yes. But you could you imagine Gary Oldman, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I can't even remember what Grievous says. And I say it all the time. Hello there. Oh, no, that's that's, that's, that's Obi-Wan. Obi yeah. General Grievous is General Kenobi or something like that. <laughs> oh, people are going to be like coming for us now. You're not a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh god he yes did, i really found that was good 
he actually played uh one of the he did the the voice acting on call of duty yes um, he did he was one of the main characters that was russian or of eastern european descent i can't remember like colonel something or other um and he he said it took him four days to record 40 hours of dialogue he said i spent four days screaming <laughs> because obviously most of the dialogue is shouting where the gunfire yeah so he said he had great fun doing it but like it's not something he'd probably go back and do again so that's a lot um last one and i love this right he was considered for the truman show (laughs) jim carrey's port 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 man on the moon which is really yeah yeah, the andy kaufman thing andy kaufman one and two roles that ended up going to Kurt Russell on both of them, Tango and Cash. Right. And Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Really? Yes. Was the first pick. And probably... Can I see him as Ego? I, I don't know. Not... Only because we know Kurt Russell and he did such an amazing fucking job. Um... I would get the vibes off of Lost in Space off of him in that, I think. Oh, my God. I totally fucking forgot he was in Lost in Space. Yeah, he was the creepy old yeah. dude that was friends with the little kid that shouldn't have been because it was a bit dubious. Yeah. <laughs> with it's today's a, eyes. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that. that Bloody movie. hell. That's like just a like shot of memory in my head. Um, and LeBlanc when you've, was in it, wasn't he? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> but when you've done 105... <laughs> Oh, that totally makes sense. They were in friends together. Yeah. Fuck my life. <laughs> but yeah, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I can kind of understand why you would turn that down. Um because I not... don't yeah. I don't think I would have been happy that that was gonna be Gary Oldman in the MCU. Because if I'm gonna have Gary Oldman, I want him to be something of a continuous possible villain i don't know i haven't really given it much thought but i just would like to have seen it more substantial than just a one and done yeah that kurt russell did which i think he was perfect for him even though i'm sorry to do this but that is not peter quill's father just seeing he's called jason never mind it's a completely different universe completely different world it's fine sam it's okay um anyways did you know he wanted to actually he went to his guidance counselor careers officer whatever we're calling them these days mm. and uh, they said what do you want to do what is your vocation what do you see yourself doing when you leave school he said uh i want to be a cameraman for the bbc he said i got laughed out of that guy that that uh like appointment and they were like no dude you need to be like a Oh. Um, you need to go to work you know get yourself a yts scheme and go and work in the, the you know somewhere else get in the like industry in get on the building yeah, sites yeah, basically um, oh my god i i went to one of them and at the time i was i was a trombone player um and i just played with the ref band and they'd come to our school and obviously the band brass band and i played with them and i loved it like i loved it so much these these people were fantastic i love being around them and listening to them like they traveled the world and this and the other and i remember going to meet um whatever guidance counselor up and they asked what do you want to do and i was like i want to join the ref and they're like oh my god that's amazing so what do you want to do and i was mentioned the band and they went but you need something else 
like watch you and you can't just be in the band like these people are in the band and then they're in the rvf they're doing something and i was like well fuck that <laughs> i just, just want to be in the band i just want to yeah. be in the and they're like no you know you can't and then that was my ref dreams dashed out the window <laughs> when i realized i had no other skill to offer them <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i mean he's done some naughty things in his life he has he's not the perfect human being no mr mr Oldman got very very drunk back in 1991 um and he was arrested for drunk or dui in america uh, mm -hmm. when they opened up the car he got out and keith sutherland fell out the passenger seat yes <laughs> so they've been friends for a very 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 long time and keith sutherland actually did vocals with him on call of duty as well so oh that's amazing i did he i did see something of that um but apparently did not write it in my notes must have had a psychic link. It's okay. But apparently Kiefer turned around and said to him, after they finished recording for the game for Call of Duty, I've not screamed that seat that much since I was married. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. I well, don't know I what did... that says about Kiefer, but, you know. There were so many YouTube videos coming up because you type Gary Oldman in, brings up all of his interviews, Call yeah. of Duty stuff, um, interviews on Graham Norton and where he did the round table talk. And I just can't watch it now because I can't stand James Franco's face. But he does it's it is interesting. It's just I don't want to listen to what Franco's got to say. Yeah. Um, so if I could just push him out. But um it then goes into why Gary Oldman's marriage has failed drinking was the issue drugs was the issue and i'm like ah, that's not what i came here for no i did i came i came to learn about the actor not the man who you know had a past yeah it wasn't great but he hasn't killed anyone like some people matthew broderick uh, uh, uh but did you know did you mm, know did i know gary oldman can actually sing he's featured on two of David Bowie's tracks on the album The Sacred Sprawl of Now, I think it's called, oh in 1985. He sang I, on two tracks with him. I did not know that. So, the more you know. School, the Sacred School of Now. I can't read my own writing. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're in for a treat here with mine. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's done two tracks with David Bowie on that album in 1985. So, you know, he's a, a bit of a multi talented um he is fella and as we pointed out last week before we ended the leatherface episode <laughs> his big sister is also big more yes or little sister little is he the oldest jackie jackie's he's got a big sister i don't know if his big sister is her yeah or he, he i don't know how many of them there are i couldn't find out much about his family though no you don't find no there's not a not a great deal when you look at personal life it is literally his marriages and his children yeah. um but yeah big more is his sister um and honestly she's a fucking great actress people don't realize she was in neil by mouth yeah directorial debut she had she was in hellboy the new david harbour one was she about maybe a minute she owned she she was the person running the chip shop that they had I've to not, walk I, into. I, have, I have not seen it he literally he walks into this fish and chip shop and there's like a, a lift at the bottom that goes down to their secret bunker thing right and she's running the chip shop 
<laughs> and she's all proper cockney like she is um which is ironic really because they're only from peckham so it's she's not... quite posh they're, yeah when exactly talks. when um when you find out that they're from newcross it's in between deptford and peckham oh i think it's deptford it's in between well, it's definitely near peckham anyway and um peckham is only falls and horses territory yeah um, that's all i know it for <laughs> but it's not proper born under the bow bells you know give it the old if you're a cockney mm-hmm. you have to be born under the sound of the bow bells that's the law of being a cockney um so it's, it's look at really us northerners there. getting the southern history yeah <laughs> like you're pearly kings and queens you can only be a pearly king or a pearly queen if you're born under the sound of the bow bells so you have to be living in a certain area of capture area have to have been born in a hospital in that area so you're a proper cockney so yeah so anyone who says they're a cockney like people who think i'm a cockney i'm not i have a london accent one of many um and as it goes it's probably one of the posher ones which is quite ironic really but too... i'm also <laughs> if i spend too much time with family members Mm-hmm. I do start to sound a bit fucking nothing and something, and it goes off a bit like that. And like, I find myself like proper thinking about things I have to say, and I don't pronounce all my words properly, you know. Wow. So my accent can change depending on who I'm around. <laughs> to to our northern ears, you do because you do sound. Like... <laughs> I won't to do our, the Essex. To our northern ears. Uh, to be honest, when I get very relaxed and I have no in no way any connection to Newcastle, I my accent can come across incredibly jaudy. Um but in no way do I have any connection. It's funny because Carolyn, her accent is very similar to mine, but when she took gets to people who she's not seen for a long time, for some reason her voice just goes, Oh hello. <laughs> I just ha- I stare at it and go. Fuck you, doing? I she only talks. ever do that with my posh auntie. Like if she my posh, that, I she... speak to my posh auntie. I, I, hello, oh, it was nice to meet you. Like who are you? Who are you? Wait, you're from Horton. Start talking normally. Brilliant. <laughs> hey, gosh, right. I have I've wrote villain roles, and when I look at some of them, now they are a bit villainy. But there's one of them that I'm like. He's almost a cartoony character villain. <laughs> if that's what um, I think you're talking about, then yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how you want to play this, but I'm, I'll am i kick off my first one. Yep. I have Lee Harvey Oswald from, J- from JFK. Right. I'll let you do the talking on this one because this is one I haven't seen and didn't look at. So, so you can knock yourself out with that one. There's not a great deal about the actual... Because um, if you look at... If, when you look in a JFK, it's Costner. Yeah. it's it's other it, you know it's it's not a good because he's only in it for a very short period of time but i yeah. thought it was worth mentioning because for me i absolutely i adore this film but only the last 10 minutes right you, this movie is an incredibly complicated a brilliant by the way and true story um brilliant way of how they eventually got some form of retribution for gfk's assassination some form but it's just it's a very detailed detailed way of doing it um but the last 10 minutes where where costner costner like i'm a fucking friend kevin costner <laughs> um breaks it down in court it's like 
of course that's what happened like it's so fucking convincing it was brilliant and um, there's a few things that i've got written down his arrest scene so um if you know the story what happened with the rv oswald he got arrested um and was taken through like kind of like a back way he was being interviewed when was he being interviewed at that point but i can't remember if he was being there was definite cameras there because it's on camera yeah. Um, and Jack Ruby comes up and shoots him. And he did that to stop um, Jackie Kennedy from facing trial because it would have gone to trial, it would have gotten mm-hmm. grisly. Some things would have come out that. There's a lot of things about the Kennedys that would come out. Rosemary Kennedy, especially because they put her in an insane, insane asylum. They gave her lobotomies. There's a whole fucking side to the Kennedys that he's dark. The so, Rosemary Kennedy had the last laugh because she yeah. outlived them all. But um, that is that she's that story about her is so sad. She it was a promiscuous so teen who had um mental health issues and her dad didn't um, see it depends on what you're watching because yeah. it's a dad or it's a mom. Because you, you don't know which one made the decision, but she ended up having a lobotomy. Yeah, the candy's fucking dark. But yeah, um, so things would have come out in that mm. court and it politically would have been horrific. Personally, yeah, would have been horrific. Yeah. And Jack Ruby put an end to it. Um, but his arrest scene was filmed in the real Texas theatre. So it was a theatre. Sorry, yeah. I backtracked a bit because I wasn't sure theatre where it happened. And the money... This is why I wrote it down. The money that was given to the theatre to use it helped keep the theatre open because right. it was on the verge of closing. It was derelict. The, the The production company did it all out to make it look like it did. And the money that they got from allowing them to shoot there was enough to keep them actually in business. And I thought I wrote that down when I read that because again, there's not a great deal with regards to Lee Harvey Oswald, the like the character Gary Oldman played, because it is very central on everything else. Yeah. Um. But that was I thought that was sweet because I saw the I did see the snippet of the interview that he does as Oswald, and uh, it's the bit for me that was uncanny was as he's being walked off. He says, and they beat me or something to those words, mm. you know, like the police, they beat me, they beat me. And that face he look, that pull, that look he does to the sort of camera or the reporter standing next to the camera. When you compare that nigh on with the actual original, mm. that is where he got me because I was like, geez, that is spooky. That it, yes. it was like every minutiae of the facial expression yeah. was just there. It was. He was so good as Lee Harvey Oswald. And I do recommend watching the, the movie is long. Yeah, and if you but you you can't you can't sit on your phone on this one. You have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. However, if you are not like I was, the last ten minutes will clear everything up. Um, <laughs> just hang in there. You can do it. Just you can do it. But it is worth the watch. Me and Anth right. came out at the end of that, and we were like, "Why did we wait so many years to watch that? Why did we let the time of that movie put us off? Because it was just it was brilliant. We can't watch it again." Because it is a really long film, yeah. and that part of that, what made it so brilliant, is now being taken away because we've already seen it. And um, but that was the only thing I had on Leave Harvey Oswald, and I just wanted to mention that bit. My next one, I have a little very grim fact for you, but it's not grim. Ooh. It's, it's a sidebar. Is should we call it a sidebar? Sidebar. Tangent. Rob and I 
own a Lincoln Continental. A Lincoln Continental was what JFK got shot in. So he got shot in a 1962. We own a 1966. So, yeah, we got a big American car. <laughs> Huge. A Lincoln Continental. It's 15 feet long. Um, and it is black. Her I name is the Black what? Dahlia. Yeah, her name is the Black Dahlia. So... Who are you? <laughs> you just come out with all these like mystery. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we've got. We're, How she's did a, you get a hold of one of them? Uh, there's only five in the country, and we own one of them. <laughs> so it, it was just pure chance. It came across, and Rob said to me, "I'm going to go down and look at it." I was like, "Yeah, okay," because it was always on his bucket list. He always wants a, He always wanted an American car, and uh, someone he just he came across. I don't even know where, and and he went, "I'm going to go look at it." I was like okay didn't think much of it he came back and he went i really like it and i went are you sure he went yeah i went right okay he managed to barter the guy down to next to nothing and we bought it and we've had it for parts for that difficult because we have to get everything imported from the us but like it's it's a slow painstaking thing but it will be a thing of beauty when it's finished oh my god that is amazing we actually have a guy who lives just here who has cars from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, Beautiful. and 50s. Our cars, like what you would class as like out, but they are, he has them, and you can see him sometimes bringing them out of his garage. Um, he loans them mm. to studios and obviously takes them to shows and that, but he loans yeah. them to anyone who's doing period pieces, and he has a car to cover majority of like each each century. And they're like, ah, oh, I love I don't know shit about cars, <laughs> but I love historical cars. Yeah. To be fucking fair, I love old Fords from the eighties. Uh, like... well, technically, a Lincoln is a Ford because it was a side that company of Fords, the Lincolns. Mm. But um, yeah, she's she's a big girl. She's a big girl. I so... fucking love that. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. You're yeah, welcome. <laughs> You just get to know just a little bit more about Dan each week, don't you? Look at that. Open this is up. baby. This is baby. <laughs> um, my next one that I have on my list is, I'm going to say this right, Drexel yeah. Spivvy. Spivvy, Mr. Spivvy. Spivvy from True Romance. I watched um, that last night after I watched Leon. So I, I want to watch True Romance, but nothing to do with any research because I just fucking adore that film. I used to watch that constantly. I was getting the angel tattoos on us <laughs> and shit. And thank Christ I didn't do that. But yes, that was I've, that was my film back in the day. I, I obviously it came out in ninety four ish, so or ninety three. Um, so I would have been thirteen, fourteen. So I didn't probably see it until I was about fifteen, sixteen. Oh yeah, I didn't watch it until I was like um, in my early twenties. But I think it was one of those films, one and done. I didn't really remember watching it much more than maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever have it on DVD or, or the VHS or anything like that. But I did. I knew of Drexel because every list, again, Drexel was one of the top five baddies he's ever played or top five characters he's ever played. And it, it wasn't until last night when I watched it and I was so disappointed with the screen time he had. It. Yeah, it's not a great deal. For all he is the main antagonist, he is not really in it that much. Nope. However, but... it was his favourite. It's yeah. uh, JFK 
and this as of 2011 are the his two favorite roles he has ever played yeah i mean it, obviously he was written by quentin so the use of the language he uses and the way he talks um was based on a former roommate that quentin tarantino had mm -hmm. um he he wrote him actually also into the pulp fiction script he was originally supposed to be in pulp yes. fiction drexel the character mm -hmm. but for some reason it got cut before it even got that far so but yeah i would have liked to have seen him again because i think he was fantastic it just didn't get enough no he he doesn't it, it's and it's an injustice to him Um, he never actually read the script for true romance this is one of them tony scott said you're playing a white guy who thinks he's a black guy and he's a killer pimp i mean that's fair enough I, and gary yeah, oldman right. went yeah okay didn't read the script that was all he got told yeah and he did i actually have one of his quotes written down because it is one of my favorites <laughs> and i'm not going to do the accent <laughs> but it is up on that screen is a woman with breastesis hanging out you ain't even bothered to look you just been clocking me now i know i'm pretty but <laughs> but <laughs> last but it's not as pretty as a couple of titties <laughs> yeah yeah and then like i i found christian slater to be incredibly annoying in that film but um oh, you just wanted to punch his face in like the there whole was no time fucking way, there was no fucking way you were gonna go in there and take him on like that's just, that was literally potluck yeah that should never have happened nope stop being a little bitch about things yeah i'm still Run not even sure I'm, I'm still not even sure that the whole thing wasn't just a delusion that he was having for the sheer reason that he kept seeing Elvis, which was Val Kilmer. Yes, it was. In the toilets, but you never saw Val Kilmer's face. You, he was just put into makeup for two hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then he just wandered behind him in every time he was in a toilet. And I was just like, Elvis is loitering in the bathroom. What is this? It is a bit strange. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. What I love about this movie is Brad Pitt. I love Gary Oldman, but Brad Pitt improvised every single line that he did he wasn't even given lines he just got told and it's where he goes oh, fucking condescend me man i'll fucking kill you <laughs> honestly when you look last night when it brought up the credits of who's in this movie i was like i don't remember any of these people in this film mm. and then like christopher walken yeah bloody uh dennis hopper dennis um, hopper plays dad mm -hmm. you had um Oh, what's the ginger-haired guy called? He's friend. Michael Rappaport. Yeah, Rappaport is, I love him. Great guy. And then, uh, obviously, Brad Pitt. Uh, and obviously, the shortest screen time known to man goes to, in this movie, a whole 22 seconds of screen time, Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. 22 seconds of screen time. He gets, he, shot, he gets shot by Drexel. He comes into the room uh, when Drexel's talking about eating cats and. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes. He what? sits down and then the other guy gets the up because he doesn't like eating cats. He, and he says and, that he does. Yeah. Yes. And he shoots them both. Drexel shoots both the, t the two guys, uh, Samuel and his mate. 22 seconds he got on that. Samuel L. Jackson. Wow. So. 
I forgot all about him being yeah. in that until you mentioned that. Um, also, but he gets billing before Gary Oldman what? on the credits at the beginning. He wasn't yeah. even that big of a star back then? Nope. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the greatest movie fight scenes ever is goes to Patricia Arquette and James Gandolfini. Yes. Um, what a fucking fight scene that is. And uh, Tom Sizemore, Chris Penn, how many more people just kept popping up in this freaking The guy movie? from Frasier who, mar- who was going to marry Daphne, who played the agent. Can't think of his so name. So many, so yep, many. So many. That fight scene between them two, especially yep. when she's pissing her sides laughing. Five days that took to shoot. And on top of the reason why they couldn't show the full extent of that fight was because the censors said... It wasn't because of the level of violence or blood. Mm-hmm. It was because she was too animalistic. They did. She did think, go fucking nuts. They didn't think that it boded well for the sense. The censors didn't like it because she was too animalistic. And that had me sitting back, and I thought to myself, "No, hang on a minute. It's probably one of the very few fights you see the woman not give a shit." She had and very much go for it. She very much had that, you know, like the blokes do when they're antagonizing each other. Mm-hmm. She had exactly that dialogue, that sense of um, I'm gonna e- fucking get I don't you. know ego or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. She yeah, was yeah. very much all along she took her she took the hits, she didn't complain, she didn't she never she going, never stopped there and went, Don't do this, I'm a woman. She yeah. fucking fought back. And that fucking stab at the end. Oh, I love it. With the corkscrew <laughs> in the foot. Yeah. yeah, I love it. But James Gandolfini, I re- I think I remember reading one said it, he loved doing the scene. Yeah. Because Patricia wasn't scared to go all out, but he had to every cut. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Because um, he, he, he was a very sensitive man. <laughs> God rest James Gandolfini. Such a sad loss. To the industry. And Tom Sizemore. I mean, he was weird. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, another one that went. And Chris Penn, gone. Died of a heart attack just after the Reservoir Dogs, didn't he? That is just... It's still... So, because he's in... He's in Reservoir Dogs. Footloose. He's in Footloose. He's in... What's the other one, man? What's the other one, man? Come on, Sam. Oh, God. What the fuck is Chris Penn in? Is it turn? Oh, my God. My head's just gone to mush. Footloose. Reservoir Dogs. Is that what I've been trying to think of? It was a tracksuit in Reservoir Dogs. It was Reservoir Dogs. Wow, my head's just gone really fuzzy. And one of the greatest movies of all time, Too Wong Fu. Thanks (laughs) for the memory, Julie Newbar. For about this Um, long, yeah. For about this long, but he's still in it. Um, Yeah, it's really sad about Chris Penn. Because he he almost reminds me a lot of a Chris Farley. um, And a John Belushi. Like kind of exiting this world way too soon, and we're not getting to see the full potential of what it is he could do because he was a good actor. He was a really good actor. He yeah. had something. He had that some like charisma about him, didn't he? Something that his yeah. brother, like his brother, is very technical, but I think Chris could fit himself into any role. Yeah, and not, and it, w- it just would be slightly less effortless than than Sean having to really work. But when you look at Sean that. and Chris. You see the likeness, but Chris pulled off the grittier, um, 
he just the dialogue that... he can pull out was brilliant. Yeah, he, even when he was playing dumb, stupid guy that was dating Sarah Jessica Parker in Footloose, he still mm. had that air about him. And then when you see him in like Reservoir Dogs and the, uh, he had the the mobster thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you saw him in True Romance, he was a good cop. Yeah, you know, and and it was like. I'm not going to lie. I'd rather have seen Chris's career go on than Sean's. I'm not saying Sean should have died. I'm just oh, saying... no, no, because there's a few things that Sean Penn has done, which have been an absolute masterpiece. Milk being one of them. Um, we'll be forever grateful that that man did that film because he did it fucking justice. Um, but yeah, it's just really sad that like the likes of like Chris Penn and uh, that will never, will never know. Because and I think I, gen- I personally think he would have gone to be a Tarantino actor because he yeah. was so good at delivering his dialogue and he was a fast talker and yeah. Quentin is a fast writer, so I think they would have worked brilliant together. And um, I don't have any more on Drexel. Yeah. Um, the look is all him, by the way. That that yeah. is one thing that <laughs> that is all him. And, and and to be honest, for all that he had Quentin's words, the accent. The characteristics, they all come from Gary Oldman. It's not, that's not Quentin telling him, like in in writing, telling him what it is he's expecting. Yeah. That's Gary Oldman taking what he's been given and worked with it. Did you know, though, I, the, you know, he he's supposed to be blind in one eye, isn't he, Drexel? Yeah, because he's got the, the very light blue eye. That was a prosthetic eye, like, uh, contact that was taken from the set of dracula so he actually wore it or someone wore it in dracula but and it he was repurposed not fish. it <laughs> that's true <laughs> but he repurposed it for drexel because he wanted to give him that that's anything so cool. goes thing yeah you know, that that kind of that is so cool yeah because it, it is it's such an iconic look like for us anyway i don't think true romance is something outside of pop culture like if i went to work tomorrow with my training group and went seeing true romance i can guarantee the likelihood is they wouldn't have heard of it but that's yeah. just because it falls under such a cat like i don't know it was it was a hard one for me to find yeah it's it's an old one it's i feel like it just Amazon. fell on us yeah mm-hmm. but um it's not technically a Tarantino movie because he no. didn't direct it, but it's a Tarantino movie because it paid for Reservoir Dogs. It did, and so. it's a it's a Tony Scott movie. Yeah, um, who is a local lad to Mwah. Um, and he's sadly gone as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was Ridley Scott's brother, wasn't he? Um, and Tony decided to go for a swim, didn't he? Off, he did. Off the bridge. Yeah. He did. A very, very tall bridge. Yeah. Sad. Sad. Very. Yeah. Um, just... Because another great talent gone. Um, yeah. I don't have any more on Drexel. Nope. And I have very little on the next one, which is Zorg. <laughs> my favorite. From the fifth well, element. He's up there. I have to say, on my character, I'll go to at the end, I'll tell you the list of, you know, where they mm-hmm. sit on my, my Gary Oldman performances. But Zorg is, he's an anomaly in Gary's <laughs> movie history when you look at he him. He is. He's so, he's so cartoonish. But the best part, this is one of my thingies, he played him between then-president candidate Ross Petroch, Perot and Bugs Bunny. Yes. 
that was his inspiration so we get the Bugs Bunny side now I know who the other side is it's like oh okay there were some choices um but he it's so it's so cartoonish yeah. his character he basically he owed Luc Besson a massive favor mm. um he'd already done uh Leon with Luke at that time mm-hmm. um and he was he was doing Neil by Mouth uh and luke partly financed and produced the movie neil by mouth for him oh i didn't so, know that so yeah he's, he's got a producer credit but he actually partly financed the movie for him oh, um, nice. to get it made so gary was like no questions asked next movie i'll do it i don't care what it is i'll do it say thank you and it just so happened to be the fifth element so gary wow. well he, no he made a good choice but to this day it's not a film that he enjoys really is it because of the prosthetics maybe no? i think no it, he said it was more to do with the fact that it was very chaotic because it was like a a third sci-fi a third a complete modeling kind of like john paul gautier extravaganza <laughs> yeah and then the last of it was like a big budget michael bay film because there was all the explosions and the action movie and the you know that mm. side of it so he Doesn't, said, yeah, it kind of like is all over the place. Like for me, I love it, and it yeah, is I a do. lot of people's favorites. Yeah, but it, as a whole, you kind of don't know where to fit it. It's into. very disjointed. Yeah, yeah, but for us, it works. Yeah, I mean, he he said, <laughs> "This is one of my favorite facts." He said that um, there's a scene where he's got the big guns, and he's got I think they're called are they called the Mandalores or something like that? It's something yeah, the Man- Mandalores. Mangalos. I couldn't pronounce yeah. it when I was reading it last night. I th- so I was like, them... I'm going to leave that word out. Yeah. So he's got them and he's showing them the guns and he's going through the process with them. And obviously they screw him over. So he screws them over. Mm-hmm. And as him and Tricky are walking away, the big explosion happens. Yeah. Now, what happened was the plastic cap that he wears, a Zorg with the hair coming out the top, mm-hmm. melted to his head. And because of the heat from the explosion now he knew that explosion was coming but they didn't tell tricky who sat behind him so you see gary centered not even phased by the explosion and mm-hmm. the fact that he has a bit of plastic melting to his head tricky behind him absolutely bricks it jumps as high as a thing like you can see he's having some sort of episode and he said when they shouted cut tricky turned around and went i've actually shit my pants I actually shit myself. And like Gary says to this day, he swears to God that's the conversation they had that Tricky shit himself during that scene. So, and that's coming out of Gary's mouth on one of the wow. many interviews I saw. So that is a like, it's it's kind of funny, but almost like I probably would have done exactly the same thing. They um, had a weird idea because they they wanted to make Tricky's character really pathetic. Yeah, um, like a yes sir, no sir, and you kind of establish it to that point, but to not tell him about the explosion also made it like he wasn't used to being around that kind of environment. Yeah, whereas obviously not... Gary Oldman is just yeah. yeah, Gary Oldman's just a fucking pro. Every scene with Gary Oldman in will have some form of circular motion within yeah. the scenery. Every scene that has Bruce Willis in is all rectangles. Yeah, it's. I thought that was very. That is very fucking clever. detail. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about Luc Besson. He's very, very 
analytical now as a person i don't want to go into it because i heard there's rumors that there's un, yeah there's not good he's um shall we say he likes people of a younger age i think um uh, the rumors were... are we talking are we talking jerry lee lewis woody allen kind of thing yes um right, alleged... it's okay he's in that ballpark should we say and it oh, is wow it, i'm going to say allegedly but it is out we there. will always yeah. say allegedly <laughs> so um just in yeah. case <laughs> look hard enough and allegedly you will find allegedly the alleged stories but yeah i mean as a man he's a horrible person from what i can gather in that mm -hmm. respect but other than that um he's his work as a director he is visually stunning in any of the movies you ever watch luke though his stuff is absolutely the fifth element is beautiful the aesthetic of it the colors of it the yeah. costume i mean jean-paul Gaultier did such a fucking phenomenal job um he actually went he was actually on hand on set and went through every single costume nobody went on on to set without him checking it over first yeah. he's such a perfectionist but because of that perfection it fucking pays off um i did read a few things because obviously uh, when i'm reading through um st stuff a lot of it is bruce it's bruce willis yeah like, this is a bruce willis film there's a lot to do with him in and i did find one bit interesting the opera singer um the alien opera singer who sings an absolutely beautiful song him watching that what we see is the yeah. first time bruce willis ever sees her and he is her and the reaction you're getting is genuine yeah. he that is his prop and i love learning about moments like that it's been a few times where we've had a like that's their initial like genuine reaction and i think that oh it just it was beautiful that scene is so beautiful luke was actually dating her at the time really yeah the opera um queen and um i dropped my pen pick your um, pen up yeah got it now um he the the opera song that's performed in that as well is only is is virtually impossible to sing um, it's a handful a, of people who can do it yeah it's the note slides from the register of we're talking whistle tones mariah carey down to bass tones you can't slide that quickly um so it is a very very select few amount of people who can pull that song off so if you, if you search youtube you will you'll find a few people that can do it yeah um, i'm sure someone did it on the voice but it wasn't in the uk it was abroad yeah. and I, wow i watched the charismatic voice um she's a like a vocal coach and she basically uh breaks down youtubers and she's got a very into metal she's an opera singer but she's got very into yeah. metal at the moment and she she dissects a lot of those but she actually did dissect one of the people singing mm -hmm. the operatic part and she found out just through watching that it was the person that was claiming to be able to sing it had synthesized the voice oh. had been synthesized and vocoded and she she could hear it straight away because she studied opera she knew her yeah. notes so there's people pretending they can do it but it's been oh manipulated my God, yeah so there are people out there she said it is you can do it but it takes time it takes effort wow practice so anybody that hasn't been manipulated is genuinely singing it and and i take my hat off to them because that is a hell of a song i tip my hat yeah. i actually have no other there anything was... more on zorg because there's not a great deal if you go and read about i try to look into the costume side of it yeah it just talks about 
um, Mila Djokovic. Is it Mila Djokovic? Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. It talks about her costumes. Yeah. Not a great deal about his. Not even about his makeup. Um. Yeah. Not a not a great deal. No, it was a choice that he said that he had to give off. And now these are his words, not mine. He had to give off a certain type of Hitler vibe with the yeah, soul patch. I get that. But he moved it from here to here for the less, you know, the obvious. I think he he wasn't here, was it? It was there, or was it? It there? was there, yeah, because it's like a diamond, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it's um, the only diamond shape on him because everything else is circular. Yeah, so he said he wanted to give off that authority Hitler vibe, but then show that he was actually a doofus that didn't have a clue what he was doing ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. So when he choked on the cherry pip, and obviously Ian Holmes, the one that comes around, and old Bilbo oh, gives him a Bilbo. good old backslap, you know, Bilbo, Bilbo. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I've always enjoyed that movie, but I do like Zorg because he is that quintessential rubbish villain. Yeah, that you, you just know you're gonna die because you're not. You're gonna not win, gonna win you? this. You're not gonna win, but we're gonna stick around and watch you. Yeah, because you are. He is. He makes that movie. I mean, Chris Tucker for me was. <laughs> Ruby was a standout yeah it was yeah. a standout for his costumes alone yeah. that man can wear a cat suit like <laughs> i don't know like i couldn't i can't pull that off like wowza <laughs> um my next one is a biggie it's not we biggie, but right. it's not it is a biggie <sighs> nice deep breaths it is miss and verger from hannibal deep breaths because <laughs> this is a fucking hard one um this is one of probably my favorite yes characters he has ever played of probably one of the most worst human beings that has ever <laughs> graced literature <laughs> um but yeah he is not he is not a great person um i don't know if it, i don't i'm not going to talk about the tv series of mason because no. i know that they do a lot more in the book, obviously, his sister's involved in that, yeah. and, but I have not seen it, so I'm not going to be referencing that. I am simply sticking to movie Mason Verger with Gary Oldman because he is our subject of today. Yes, 2001. Um, 2000, 2001. I remember being in Florida. I'm a huge Thomas Harris fan, by the way. Yeah. Um, I have read the book. Red Dragon is one of my favourite books of all time. Um and i remember being in florida and seeing in universal studios i can still fucking picture it um jaws ride and you've got some toilets not so far away from it and in them toilets on the main wall is fucking hannibal poster and i nearly cried and that made my day i remember when that came out um mason verger is a dick by the way he is the most despicable person, but it, it fits the narrative with regards to why he would have known Hannibal Lecter in the first place, doesn't it? So Having Hannibal Lecter and Mason Verger in one room, and Mason Verger is the biggest, bigger arsehole, there's something <laughs> fucking wrong. I will say, like, I, God, this is going to make me sound like an absolute crazy person. With Lecter, I can empathize with his thought process to, to a degree. degree yeah because with mason 
he wanted to see how far he could push the situation because he didn't care for what he did Mm. and as he was as we know with with Hannibal at the end of Hannibal when he's doing the Ray Liotta thing he has an issue with inappropriate behavior and that it came out in that uh the dinner scene very much so how he doesn't like people being rude or um no uh, Um, inappropriate or or things like that so he has Having a, imperfections in this world. Yes. Um, he is, has a set of morals, that he, a code that he lives by, does Hannibal. Yeah, he does. I have never um, watched or read Hannibal Rising because I know Thomas Harris was under pressure from studios to... Basically, he was told by a studio, we have the rights to Hannibal Rising. If you don't produce a script or produce their book, we will find someone who will do it for you. And he was under pressure to write it. So I have no interest. I don't, I think in a few years time, we will have an edited version of that book. I hope to God it happens because I I don't think that's this, the plan he had originally. Um, I think he was just very pushed. There is also this, because it's a movie, movies there is there's some changes it doesn't necessarily go into hannibal about his imperfections and how he wants to make the world a better place because with the scene with really order he doesn't like that he's rude really order is a dickhead but he is but he has not done anything to the world that i remember from what i could gather he was a dirty i want to say he was congressman or he was something along those lines you know they have right governors. then that makes sense that may, that totally it, blows my thing out the water then because that he makes was sense slightly i think he was uh, crooked i don't know i can't really remember that bit in the movie because i, I get wish so I taken that aback that by with, that the, scene. with the uh the scene and the special effects and i just literally oh, before gosh. i came up to record i found a video that's 15 minutes long that showed how they did the special effects for that scene but i will save that for another day but yeah that that was absolutely it was just unlike anything you've ever seen the special effects for that the guy who done said special effects is greg cannon um who we i will talk about in a bit because yeah he did he did he did the other big movie too um phenomenal fucking guy like the work was is unreal um but yes he did he did mason verger he did the head um but I, I don't see. This is what I wanted to watch Hannibal last night because I generally couldn't remember if they talked about um, Mason's past. Yes, and how is how he is as rich as he is? Did they did they bring that up? Um, no, I don't think they ever addressed his wealth. Uh, other than he was a rich man. He, he was already rich, uh-huh. um, and that's how he lured the children in that's that's the part um, i wasn't too sure of the brought up because he yeah. is a piece of shit he's who... one of those files yeah isn't he he's one of those he files is. he's people. one of those files and he got away with it because his family is rich and new congress people and he got away with it but what he didn't get away with was seeing an appointed psychiatrist correct and, and that did... appointed psychiatrist just so happened to be a walk and talk and cannibal. Yes. Um, yes, An got like cannibal at that. But yeah, um... honestly, this when you put these two up against each other, Lecter looks alright. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> alright because Mason is the fucking worst. Um, but yeah, he gets put up against um, like and the scene um with the 
with how he did it, yeah. that is pretty accurate to the book. Now, that scene, I dislike that scene for the sheer reason that they use that whooshy, grainy... Um, if you're going to do it, just fucking show it. I want to... But if you're not... That's the thing, you don't really ever, even with the whooshy camera stuff, you don't yeah. actually see him do it. But um, you, you see him hanging from his whatever it is he's hanging from and uh you you see that's part that's one of his methods by the way that's not one of lectors yeah the the um erotic asphyxiation yeah because he has him he, he, hannibal says to him show me how you do it or something yeah. like that isn't it because that's that's one of his fixtures that's not lector yeah. lector is give me your parts yeah cut your face off <laughs> fucking do it yeah. um yeah um, I get very uncomfortable when I talk about Mason because he is just a he's a fucking piece of shit. Um, yeah. That face makes me very uncomfortable. To this day, still cannot see Gary Oldman in that suit, in that makeup. Yeah. And guess who else couldn't either? The whole cast. Yeah. Do you know who they thought it was? Jared Leto. Really? Yes. Oh my god. They were not convinced that that was Gary Oldman and yeah. said is Jared Leto in the, underneath that mask, underneath that makeup? Yeah. Because he was so fucking good. The only difference, um, they're very true to the book um, with yeah. Mason in here. The only difference is the death scene. It's not his um, butler, his, you know, very... Cordell. Cordell. It's not Cordell. It is his sister who does it. Yeah. Because um, his sister is one of his victims. Which I think goes into the Hannibal TV series. It is in the TV series, yeah. But the thing about Mason's story is that uh, Hannibal gives him poppers and then convinces him or coerces him into showing him how... I can't even remember that little bit of snippet of where he tells him to cut his own face off. But He he says it, though. Oh, is that what... Because that's the bit that's unclear. And then you just see... Hannibal feeding the dogs his face. Yeah, and I was just like, "Well, yeah." He says because I watch. I, I tried to watch Hannibal last night, and um, but I could not get a link to fucking work, so I just ended up going up on YouTube and looking, watching the scenes with Mason in it. Yeah. And he does. He says, "Show me how you cut your own face." That's it. Yeah, uh, ah! then, and you see him handling the thing, but um, he was actually <laughs> when Greg. Greg Cannon saw it was going to be him. He knew that whatever prosthetics he put on Gary, Gary would take it. He was like, mm-hmm. I know Gary's going to do what, whatever. But they went through 15 different sculptors to make the mask. And every one of the sculptors come back with some sort of zombie looking thing with skull poking out. And like Ridley just sat there on. Was it Ridley or Tony? Ridley, wasn't it? Ridley. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ridley was like, no, it's too zombie. Don't like it. It's not what I want. Um, and they went away for ages and they kept looking and they couldn't work it out how to get that that look. So they, Ridley Scott took a picture from a one of those, you know, like Tom Savini, as we have talked about in one of our previous episodes, Tom has a reference book he has mm-hmm. in his library and it has everything from car crashes to um deformities to broken legs and arms and wounds and all sorts in it um but he had a book like that a medical book where he found a deformed fetus 
Mm, and he showed yes. he showed Greg Cameron this picture and said, I want this, but not this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, right, we know where we are now. So yeah. they made one sculpt and it was still a bit too off and they needed to make tweaks and, and things like that. And then they got the second sculpt right. Gary walked in and he went, see that the prosthetics? Is there any way you can glue my eye open? So the one eye that looks really like in Mason is glued open. Gary's mm -hmm. eye is glued open. He didn't, you know... It, he hardly blinks in that eye for the whole no. fucking scenes he's in. So, I have, my skin has actually gone like <laughs> cold. Like my insides have gone cold. I didn't realize Mason was gonna like. I I did know Mason was gonna affect us as much as he did. Um, but normally it's either way around. When I'm talking about Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, my skin and my bones can go cold from that too. Mason is the fucking. Pro Worse than Dracula. Do you know where that Mush. voice comes from? Oh, Thomas Harris that. himself has that voice. That's and Mason's voice. Gary heard Thomas walked past him, and Gary said, "I have this thing. If I hear a voice, or if I see a gate or a way of someone's walk or how they stand, I put it in my bank in my memory, and I go right, keep that because you might need it." And so Thomas Harris walked past and he had a very nasally kind of, you know, that way that Mace and Verger talks. It's very high We'll talk about it now. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it now. Like a 1920s reporter, you know. Yeah, he's almost, it's almost like, oh, we're going to go to the Tuckies, <laughs> Hollywood. He's, got, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's very much like that. And he heard Thomas talk and he went, that's it. That's Mason. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, we will get back to Mason at some point. Yes. Um, because we have other ventures into that world. One last fact before we get into the big one. Can I do a different one before you, we get to the big one? Absolutely. Yes, you do your fact. Christopher Reeves was asked offered to play Mason Verger, and he said, Absolutely fucking not. That is a true story. Was he in the wheelchair at that point though? Yes, he was. Oh, that's some sick shit, isn't it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, Mason. The one, the one characteristic <laughs> they got wrong about Mason in the movie is that he's on a ventilator constantly, can't breathe without it. Yeah. Um, would have had that with uh, Christopher Reeves because he, yeah, breathe through the yeah, school. Yeah, that's yeah. distasteful. I have Christopher to say. Reeves didn't actually see it that way because he is a paraplegic character and he is a paraplegic actor so he didn't look at it in that way to him that was representation until he learned about mason and went fuck no <laughs> that's what i mean i'm not talking about the fact that he was in a wheelchair or anything like that i mean mm. it is great for people who are uh have some oh, uh -huh. disabilities and things like that to be feel or feel yeah. represented but mason's not the kind of character you want to play to be that person to 100 no them. And that is why he bowed out of it. Uh, I knew where you were going. I just wanted the, the lead up. Yeah. Then, um, to, yeah. Shall I tell you a little sidebar, another little tangent about my life? Go on then. Christopher Reeve was nearly my dad. How the my fuck mom... did you come back from that? <laughs> in the nine, uh, in the eighties, my mum worked in a the, a place called the Trust House Forty at Heathrow Airport. She was cocktail mm -hmm. waitress. And they had all the stars staying in this hotel whenever, like, they come in, come out. And he'd 
filmed the first and second film, uh, Superman, um, and he was in the bar and he came in a couple of nights in a row because they were filming at Pinewood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came into the bar a couple of times and uh, my mum sort of thought he looked familiar, but she didn't tweak it was him. He had big red glasses on. So she... yeah. I mean, he was in disguise. He was Clark Kent at the time, but like she didn't, she just didn't twig. And um, he asked her on a date and then he asked her to marry him. Uh, bearing in mind, she had me and my sister at that point. So he technically would have been my stepdad. He would have been your step. Oh my God, Superman <laughs> could have been your stepdad. But she turned him down because she was married to my dad, who coincidentally she divorced anyway. So, I mean, mother, come on now. I hold that against her. I genuinely hold the one thing I hold against my mother is the fact she turned down Christopher Reeve. I, I'm again speechless. Don't know. My God, Dan, you are such a fucking dark horse. <laughs> it's an honest to God, hand on heart, true fact. That is <laughs> true. Wow. So, we need yeah. one of these every episode now, a Dan <laughs> fact. Get to know Dan. Each week she will give you a fucking unreal, amazing fact about herself. <laughs> It's like that's my. I mean, I am. I'm just devastated, devastated that she said no. Oh, devastated. Could you not? <laughs> um, what was the one you wanted to cover before we do the vegan? I would love to do Leon just quickly. Yeah, yeah, um, go for it because I've because not, I've not seen it. Stansfield himself, Norman Stansfield, the guy he plays, is probably the benchmark of crooked cops and psychopath and equal parts everything wrong with an addict he's he's like this mixing bowl of crazy yeah um the gist of the movie leon is uh there's a guy who lives in an apartment building and in the the apartment next to him there's a family three kids uh audrey from little shop of horrors is the mum and, oh, Ellen, Ellen Green. Yes, and then there's the dad. And just of it is that the dad was holding some cocaine for Stansfield. He was cutting it for him or something. And when they got the cocaine back, it wasn't as pure as they liked. So he came back and shot the entire place up, killing uh, the mum, the dad, the big sister, and the four-year-old brother. Now, Natalie Portman was at the shop at the time, but she should have technically been there. Um, and it, she then knocked on jo- uh, Leon's door, pretending she was trying to get in there rather than go straight in. She's a very clever kid in this. And he lets her in. And anyway, he becomes her mentor and she wants to learn how to become a hitman. And, and that's how it goes along. Because she wants to avenge her, her little brother's death because she didn't give a fuck about the rest of her family. It was just a four-year-old little brother. And um, so she said of all the scenes she ever did, she's never had to act in this one scene where she somehow manages to get into the DEA building and Stansfield comes into the toilets and he is like towering over Natalie Portman and he's like touching her hair, but not in like a a file way. way. He's doing it in the sense of that it's just a sensory... Yeah. thing for him because he he has this thing where he takes a tablet just before he's about to do something vile oh. and these these tablets they they the general consensus is it's like a benzodiazepine where when i looked into it they have like um they can give you like temporary amnesia 
Oh, they relax right. you. They can put you in these weird states. They make you go weird. But he had this thing, Gary, where when he took it, he did this whole thing where he contorted his entire body and he's shaking and he's like, he, he did this weird face. And I, oh, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies because you're just like, he knows what he's going to do with yeah. the intent of when he put that in his mouth. And, um, yeah, it's very he, – he, he plays that so well. Just just the I've sheer – I've heard so many good things, but it's just one of those movies that just, like, completely passes by, and I just – it's not like I'm going to go, do you know what? I fancy watching Leon Nice. Because it's a Luc Besson movie, it does have undertones of creepy grossness, I will say, because Natalie Portman does fall in love with Leon and tells him on many of occasions that she's in love with him. Uh, her being 13, 12, 13 in the movie and him being a grown adult, it is very uncomfortable, those yeah. those scenes. So I, I wasn't kind of in it for that. You were just there for Gary Oldman. I was. Uh, although Jean Reno does an absolutely fantastic job at what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um Gary <laughs> just the level of crazy he brings to that movie it wouldn't be the same if someone else played him. I just don't think he has he has this tendency Gary to check out like you can yeah. look at his face and you know it's Gary Oldman but the eyes they're, they're not just, there. No, there's something he does and I don't know how he has this ability but he can just Switch, switch off um but it's part of this list and honestly i could I, I could there's a lot of movies that i could have gone into that had nothing to do with the kind of a villainous side yeah the darkest hour yeah you, know, you do not see that fucking man at all in that movie i've he seen snippets is, but not seen when, oh god there's a scene where he's on the it's just before he he's asked by the government to surrender to germany yeah and he gets on it. I don't know how, how historically accurate this is. I don't give a shit. I love this scene. He gets on a train and he asks the people, what do I do? This is what I'm being told. What do I do? What do you want? I'm being told you all want to surrender. You want to be taken over by Germany. What is it that you want? And they all went, we want a fucking fight. Yeah. And he, they give them this, he gives them like this massive pep talk that then leads into that fucking incredibly famous Thing where he's said, "I we will not be taken over by yeah. Germany," and oh my god, for a minute, for a second, it's I can't see him anymore because of how fucking brilliant he is playing this. Yeah. And I know it's a completely different. In a villain, you can completely lose somebody because of their sheer evilness, and you can. It's it's hard to comprehend that that is that person yeah. but even when he is doing it in a non-evil sense he can make you completely be lost in in his acting ability yeah there's very few people who can do that i would say you don't see oldman there's this one scene i did have a, one of the little snippets of sorry the darkest hour where he's on the phone to roosevelt which i think was jim broadbent wasn't it yeah and he's on the phone to him and he's saying, we we need those destroyers if we can just have 40 or 50. And, mm -hmm. and he says, no, we can't do that. And he's like, well, what about all those planes we just bought off of you? Can we pick them up? And he's like, no, no, we can't do that. And he's like, we could, if you had a team of horses, you could come and get them and tow them over the line because it's not motorized. And mm -hmm. it was just the look on his face where he puts the phone down onto the side, puts his cigar in his mouth, and you just go, that's Churchill. That's mm -hmm. not that's not Gary. That's not Gary Oldman. That is not that's, that's not Gary Oldman. 
As fucking That's Churchill. Fucking will. It, it, it just the ability of the makeup teamed with the acting, teamed with the obviously the director and the script and everything just fell for it's him in perfect. that movie, I would say. When it makeup can be such a great tool. Um Anthony Hopkins played Alfred Hitchcock in Hitchcock. Yeah. The makeup is what helps because it gives the jowly, the, the accents help from it. But essentially, you know you are looking at Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. When you are looking at him in The Darkest Hour, makeup aside, that is not Gary Oldman in there. No. 100% it's so crazy that. to like explain it. But it's so different how the you ha- the acting, I mean, not don't get us wrong, I love that Hitchcock movie yeah. um, with Anthony Hopkins, but there's just something so different with a full-on prosthetic because remember with if i remember rightly hitchcock only has from like here downwards the chub and the yeah yeah and the eyes are everything and the hair that's all um anthony hopkins but when it's full-on it it just encompasses and obviously like really takes over everything i do love the dark style i've only ever seen it once so technically i've not seen it at all but i would um i would definitely watch it again just for just to watch just to watch an acting class well, just a special a pure... men- mention as well for Sid and Nancy. Oh, obviously. yeah, Sid and Nancy. Um, I, this is one of my favourite movies of all time. I paid a ridiculous amount of money to own this on DVD because it was very hard to come by. Um, I fell in love with Gary Oldman through this movie. This is my gateway into Gary Oldman. I've... I have known this. This movie came out in 1986. It's directed yeah. by Alex Cox. Um, I have known this since I can remember. Yeah. Um, I have such an infinity, inf- stupid infatuation with the actual real life Sid and Nancy. I can't explain it. I don't know why I have it, but I can. I I know every conspiracy theory. I have my own thoughts on it, on how I think it happened. Um, I know he hated playing this character. Yep. He, he absolutely did. hated it. Um, but the the wage of paying the character was 35000 and he couldn't turn it down. Exactly. He needed the so, dollar. He needed the yeah. money. The necklace he wore was actually Sid's. Um, yep. John Lydon hates this film. He really does. But then if you ask any of the other guys, they go, eh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so the thing is, though, he says it's fictional. John yeah. Lydon says this is a, this is a work of fiction, but what I find very funny, if you watched the um, Sex Pistols program that they did on Disney Plus, from the perspective of Steve Jones, which I fucking loved, because Steve Jones, that is the person you want to be known about, because right. Steve Jones is a fucking character. He stole. Bowie's instruments. Like he he is he is behind Sex Pistols completely. Like everyone puts it down to um what's his face? God, I'm bad at the man. Um Vivian Westwood's partner. What was his name? Malcolm Michael, McDowell. Malcolm. Michael Malcolm McDowell? Mac- Malcolm it wasn't McDowell. Oh, that's an actor. Um Malcolm. It was Malcolm anyway. Yes. I don't know. Can't think much. of his name because my brain is just not functioning today. Um, but everyone puts it down to him. It's Steve Jones. Yeah. And Steve Jones is such a nice guy. He is a conspiracy theorist nut. Um, but he's such, he's so lovely. He's very open to the world. He has been a very isolated man, living in London, living in poverty. So he is very open to new experiences. And in the program, from his point of view, 
plays out Sid and Nancy exactly the same way as how it did in that fucking movie. So how is it fictional? I, I don't have, get it. I only have one fact about that movie, really, which doesn't include Gary. But um, when they were originally casting for Nancy, Courtney Love was up for the part yeah. of Nancy. And they said, yeah. no, she's got no experience. We don't want her. And I was like, that probably was a wise thing to do. I'm not she is in it. But she wouldn't have been Nancy. No, she was definitely. When when Chloe Webb turns around and says, Sid was really shining out, she <laughs> sounds fucking exactly like her. There is very few footage of Sid and Nancy Together, available. Yeah. But there is one, the interview where the, where he's, um, he's off his face and he keeps falling asleep and she keeps waking him up and then he spills an ashtray on her and she goes fucking light that is available to watch on youtube and there's certain parts in, in that that chloe webb is obviously taken as reference for and she the way she say the sid sid and just I, she's I know fucking he, perfect I, I know he was hospitalized after that though because he lost the, so much weight he was he, he went on a diet of fish and something else and um, to look like a heroin drug addict. Yeah, he was incredibly um, um, malnutritioned. Um, had to be put on IV drips to try yeah, and at least get him back. To... So ill playing that part. Yeah, so he, he, for crazy. all, he, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> he did it just as I could talk a fucking yawn <laughs> on Sid and Nancy, but I want to get into the next yeah, one. Yeah, let's get However, into it. However, I have just thought, I don't want to get into it in a great big scale of... Right. Dracula, because no. we are going to be doing Dracula at some point. Correct. So I am going to take out some of my notes <laughs> that accompany the movie so I can include them in that one. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to look at what I, I don't thought. know. I, d I was just thinking to myself earlier, I was like, we're doing Dracula. We're doing the character Dracula. And yeah. this is the character Dracula, even though it is Gary Oldman's Dracula. Um, Okay, I've said this before and I will say it again. Uh, I don't like this movie. Um, it is not one of my favourites. But also Dracula is not one of my favourite characters. So that will not help. Um, however, I do appreciate the movie. Um, one thing that I'm not taking out, because I, I wrote this in bold capital letters about Keanu Reeves. Oh, his accent. Keanu Reeves blamed the accent on exhaustion uh no you just can't do a Brit british accent keanu which is ironic because his mother is british why couldn't you just just own it <laughs> and say yeah that was a choice or why didn't francis ford coppola turn around and go do you know what keanu in my headphones, this just sounds shit. Why don't we just keep you as an American? We should keep the American accent. You know, Kevin Costner did it in, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay, okay. Well, there was only one Brit on the... the oh, no, there was two. There was Sadie and, and there Anthony was... Anthony Hopkins. Uh, oh, God, three. Well, yeah. Oh, he's Welsh. Um, But, yeah, there was Gary and there was Sadie and Anthony. Um, And not one of those could give him diction lessons. Yeah, I know. It's you no, know, don't blame it on exhaustion, Keanu. Do you know what I really think? What I re and I was thinking about this last night. Maybe the part for Keanu was intended for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's not enough it, like forward roles and stuff. For it's it his nephew. Cage. So 
I was thinking maybe, and and Keanu wanted didn't want to keep the American accent because he would have sounded too much like Nick Cage. So he was like, I'll change it up a bit and try yeah. this really shitty version of an English accent. I mean, the thing for me was it finding out the little tiny details, like you know yeah. when Keanu's shaving, mm. um, and Dracula licks the blade. Ugh, yeah, Gary was pissed as a fucking bastard during that scene he got so drunk because they wanted that look of ecstasy on his face and gary said the only way he knew to do that was to just get really drunk and let go yeah so he got really drunk and 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 that that look of euphoria when he's drinking the blood off of the knife is because gary was pissed wow i'm actually not going to take out my notes i'm going to i'm going to read them out so the laws of physics work differently whenever Dracula is around. So Francis Ford Coppola wanted to make sure that this movie was supernatural and you knew it was supernatural. Yeah. And he couldn't fi quite figure that out in any other way than when Dracula was in a room, only when he was in a room, the laws of physics changed. So he could walk on the ceiling. Yeah. That's the kind of, and I, I kind of got it. When I was uh, when I was thinking about it, because again I did try and watch this last night, and my fucking links weren't working, um, because I wanted to give it a chance. Like I have shit all over this film every time <laughs> I've seen it. I have either fallen asleep or I have been too bored with it. Or then I realised Sadie, what's her face is in, and I'm like, oh my god, it's her. She um, was married to Jude Law, wasn't she? She so, was. So, that was yeah. the one he cheated on with the nanny. He he had a nanny moment too. Um, a Gavin Rosdale moment, yeah. He did. Um, Liam Neeson was originally up for Van Helsing, but they went with Adam Anthony Hopkins. Irishman and a Welshman. I mean, Liam Neeson keeps cropping up, doesn't he? He, he cropped up he's as another being Leather, Leatherface, wasn't he? He was offered Leatherface. We were talking about him last week. Was, was it Leatherface? I'm sure he was offered... I can't remember now. I think he was. I think it was... Oh, no. Dracula in the Monster Squad wasn't it that's it yes he was offered dracula in the monster squad and he was also offered well he went up for van helsing but i i have to say out of the two hopkins oh chef's kiss so chef's kiss massively um he only took the part for one line and one line only and i've said it already tonight yeah. which was uh i've crossed oceans and time to find you and when he <laughs> read that line he was like yes i'll i'll do this movie i just want to give know me that like to say hat. it yeah I mean, yeah. Steve Buscemi was actually asked to be, or Buscemi, depending on how you say it, was up for Renfield. He was supposed to be Renfield oh, instead that of Tom Waits. So fucking worked. Tom Waits did a bloody good job, though. He, he did. He played he did. crazy dude really, really well. Yeah, he um, did really well. Uh, he will never beat the guy from Dracula Dead and Loving It who's in Ali McBeal. <laughs> Sorry and all. <laughs> and Ghostbusters too. Yes, Janosch. Yeah, um, but did he apparently francis ford coppola sent or coppola depending again who how you say it i say uh, coppola i see it as i see it he sent uh gary a coffin as a present where's my said, coffin francis um i have a coffin in my i know you do uh, in my dining room but he sent coffee he sent a coffin to him and and gary thought he wanted him to have sex in it so he was like i've got the coffin what am i supposed to do with it and he was like whatever you want Gary whatever you want and he was like he felt like he was insinuating that he needed to experience that and Gary was like no I'll sleep in it 
but that's about as far as I'm going to take it. it and so he ended you up... Think, you're thinking to yourself, going, this man made the Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> but what he did was, he used to use it as a party piece. So when all the girls come round, you know, when they, he was having hard parties and stuff, he'd open his garage and the, 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 the garage door would go up and then a light would come on and illuminate the big coffin that Francis Get in my coffin, girls. Yeah. He said the women used to scream and run away. It didn't have look the effect at, I thought it would on them. But Look at my coffin. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, oh, he, for his emotional scenes. So for all he did his drunk scene to get that euphoric look for his emotional scenes, he had a photograph of his son strapped to his hand. And he would, he, because he missed him so much, because his son was really young, he would just... Alfie, I think, isn't it? Yeah, just glance at his hand and get it. That's that was for only two would get emotional. Uh, makeup artist Greg Cannon. Yeah, I really think we could do an episode on this guy. Um, given his his credits, uh, Hannibal. Yeah, the Passion of the Christ. Oh Jesus! Hey, pun intended. Um. Oh, bear with us because I've wrote one down that's all in letters to remember what it is, and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I'll come back to that. That's really going to annoy us. Is that a uh, bicentennial man? Robin Williams. Fuck me. I have wrote, I have wrote it. A TCC or BB. TCC or BB. What the fuck is that, Sam? Uh, I've wrote it out because it's clearly too long, and now I have no idea what it is. Okay, we'll have to leave that as a mystery. Um, he actually won Best Oscar, uh, for the makeup for Dracula, um, which is obviously something that could not go amiss, even down to like from obviously, um, it's very quite basic makeup when you look at if you if you've ever watched the or seen the photographs of Gary Oldman in makeup because it is bald cap and. A few prosthetics, but yeah. a lot of his facial features are left to him to be able to. It's not like Karloff, where he's yeah. getting his whole face submerged to the point where he can't move a muscle. But he, it is very, it's, it's beautifully crafted and beautifully put together. I will, I really shouldn't say that I dislike this movie. I just have a very hard time with it. Well, Greg worked hand in hand with Francis and a designer. Well, she's actually a visual designer and her name is Aiko Ayashoka um, mm-hmm. and she lived three doors down from Gary and she was retired and right. Gary convinced her to design the come on board and design the outfits and make this the whole aesthetic for the movie and Francis said he wanted it based on insects and Japanese versions of animals and things like that so when you see the red armor suit that is all based on like insect shells. Uh, Sadie's wedding dress is based off a lizard. Um, so is that the, like, that's not the red one, is it? The the white the white one she wears with the big collar. Oh yes, yes, yes. Based off a lizard. Um, and uh, Aiko was going. She said, "I I did I didn't want to come out of retirement. I was quite happy, but as a favour to Gary because he lived down the road, and you know." I, I enjoy a challenge. And when Francis said to me, you have free reign, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. we'll do it. Um, she said she had to show the differences between how Lucy was wearing the orange when she was boffing the wolf in the yeah in the bit. And then there was the bit where she has uh, Mina 
always in the very very high neck because she's a prude mm -hmm. so she had to show no skin yeah so all you ever see is her face and she was talking through her process but it was just how heavily inspired when you actually realize to take the time how japanese the whole the thing is. of it was yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, do you know what I would go back and look at it is with the, knowing that to to pick up that reference. I know what that movie is now. Yeah. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. There you go. That's why I wanted to mention it because it's an aging process one, which yeah. is what is done a lot in this movie because you've got the aging Dracula to the up-to-date one where he's, you know, he's not makeup beat up, but a fuck, he does look fucking fine when he is in the, the what you would class as the modern time. Um, he looks amazing. Winona Ryder yep. and him got on famously very good friends when it came to rehearsals. But when it came down to the actual recording, and remember what we've said about Gary, method yep. has a work ethic. She found that too intense and felt there was danger whenever she was around him. She didn't realise she had not worked with an actor of that caliber yeah. before of that way of working and it scared her and it wasn't until years later when she when they reconnect like they reconnected and they are very good friends to this day and um, but she thought that's who he was yep there, there was there's two things that happened on that set one that her and Keanu Reeves are married and still are married because the person that. that married them are was, was a Greek actual... Orthodox. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as they're concerned, they, they, as far as they think, they they still say that they're husband and wife. Um, but the second thing is that um the reason why she switched her opinion on him was for, for an, also another reason. He was trying to elicit a reaction out of her you know where he's standing on the street and he's going look at me look at me look at me to mm. Mina as she's walking yes. past trying to get yeah and when he gets her attention every time she just wasn't getting that horrified startled whatever that look is that they, they were trying to elicit from her mm -hmm. so, so Gary being Gary picks up a zucchini or an eggplant or an aubergine from wherever you're coming from and starts wangling it around helicopter oh in front I of thought you were going to say he's going to eat the jar of it or something <laughs> he starts doing the helicopter in front of himself, right? Mm -hmm. and <laughs> she found it distasteful and disgusting. So she decided she didn't like that at all and refused to talk to him for a good week after that. I've just freaked um, myself out, by the way. <laughs> I thought something happened. <laughs> so I've got me right, so I've got me slippers on and I've been taking them off, pushing them away, pulling them back, putting them back on. And I've just done it there and I felt like there was something on my foot. So I went to itch my foot. And then, it, but it didn't go. So I thought there was a spider on my foot, so I've just kicked me slippers. There's fuck all there. I've just kicked me slippers off, thinking that's what it was. The stress um, of it all. Whew, um, that was really. I thought you were going to see he threw it off after <laughs> getting it. Bitch. He's, he was just doing a weird, you know, like the the helicopter thing. <laughs> I think that's quite funny. I'd piss my pants. Yeah, but she she found it face distasteful, disgusting. But we oh, all know Winona. she's a bit la la, isn't she? Our Winona. She so, is, but she, I f she's just making good choices right now. Yeah, oh, older Winona, most yeah, definitely. Absolutely, um, younger. Just let 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 things go to her head. Yeah, probably more than what she should have. And I think she was quite young when this when this took place. So this is and bearing in mind the movies that she done, this isn't the this is quite serious. Oh, in very respect yeah. of her career because she, 
I'm not saying her other ones were, but like Heather's and Beetlejuice. Um, Beetlejuice and did she do Edward Scissorhands by this point? Yes, I think yeah. so. So these are they're like it's almost like child friendly ish or teenagery ish and but this is this is very grown up and i don't think that's an environment that she's used to especially with the way gary is as a actor she was 20 so i was just checking see that's still young like yeah no i i don't think yeah i can see now why she felt that way about him not having mm -hmm. that kind of experience of working with method actors before yeah I mean, I can't see Michael Keaton being method as a dead bioexorcist. Do you know what I mean? So I no, and you're no working on there. Heather's, where all of the Christian's... every one of the cast is fucking your, your age. Yeah, and Christian Slater's not really going around poisoning people with Drano, you know. So I mean, even though we wish he would. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I mean, the movie in itself is a visual, just. A feast Must. for the eyes and it, it is, is the most successful movie gary has ever done box office and budget wise that's it it's good to know i do you know what i i just i there's something about dracula i can't quite put my finger on i'm hoping when we do do dracula and i have to start looking into things that maybe i do get a spark of oh yeah this is why this is this is what it is because right now I just don't feel it's not like it's like the Wolfman. Yeah. Before we started this, I was like, mm, I don't care. Well, then we started doing this, and I'm like, Larry is like, he's one of my favorites. I fucking love him, even though he is a lurker. Like, and you have kind of tainted him ever so slightly. I still, I still quite enjoy. I even, I, the, you know, such a hypocrite. I have a Dracula, I've showed this before. I have a Dracula phone case. Like, but again, my defense, Frankenstein was not there. Um, I didn't do the conversion on the box office and budget to today, but in 1992 93, the budget was 35 million mm -hmm. and it made 215 million in the box office. That's some coin, yeah. So it's his That's most successful film ever. So, wow. We're going to leave Gary Oldman there for today. I think so. We have talked more than I thought we were going to. Um, so I've just seen the time. Woo. Yeah. Yes. However, I was thinking halfway through, we could have possibly done this as a two-part. <laughs> and I was like, we're already too deep in. Yep. Um, it has been interesting, though. I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to go through some of his characters, even when they are hard work to, especially when he is a supporting actor. Yeah. That's the hardest part. But Dracula, we will be coming back to that. We yes. will. And Gary Oldman will be very much a part of our Dracula episode as well. It's not just going to be about Bela. It's going to be about <laughs> Gary too. Um, next week. Next week. We yep. are. I can't remember <laughs> what we're doing. I've even wrote it down. Next week. We are One going. Hmm? Uh, no, go on, sorry. We are going back into Mason's world? Yes, I, I think so. Yeah. we. Th <laughs> this is subject to change, people. Yes. <laughs> this is very much subject to change. Up until right at this moment in time. Yes. As we are recording, it is Thursday, the 21st of September. It is nearly half ten at night. We will be looking at Hannibal Lecter. 
Yes. However, subject to change. Yes. We're just and waiting on a message. When we get that message, we will know for We sure. will let you know. However, yes. up until this point, it is Hannibal Lecter. If not, it's a big fucking surprise for you guys. Yeah. Like, it really is. Um, thank you all for watching. It has been absolutely fantastic getting to go over Gary Oldman's uh, villainous characters. Um, personally, I could have talked about them all night, but I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, bedtime now. And that, when I'm feeling like I've got spiders crawling over me, feet, my feet <laughs> very itchy right now. Um, so yes, thank you all for watching. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can catch us on YouTube every Monday at seven o'clock. All of our details are where Dan is pointing to right now, right down there, right down below. Um, you can catch all of our back episodes on iTunes, Spotify. You can catch this one on iTunes and Spotify. All of our back episodes are on YouTube too. Give them a look. I think we're really funny and really interesting. Maybe you do too. Why not? If you don't, we don't care. Goodbye. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for sticking around and stay nerdy, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.